Hey everybody, welcome to Facebook Live, Kansas City Star version of the Kansas City Chiefs chat. We're going to talk all things Chiefs here with, uh, with our Chiefs beat writers. We've got Lynn Worthy down on the end. We've got Brooke Pryor sitting right here next to me. Fahir Gregorian is here in spirit. He's on, his, he's on assignment today. You know, let's give him give him the benefit. He's he's on assignment, isn't he? I don't know. Sam, how many of these have you missed? It's hard. It's hard to know. I'm here now. <laughs> you know, they, the most important Facebook Live is the one happening right now. <laughs> yes, you're right about that. You're right so you got to take them one at a time, right? <laughs> um, Vahe is on assignment. Uh, he left some notes. So we can, okay. wasn't that nice of him? Yeah. Very professorial of him. I wouldn't you? have done that. Like, <laughs> <just> <laughs> um, so we're going to talk... Um, we're going to talk Chiefs, obviously. Uh, we're going to ask you to send us your questions, comments, and uh, and we'll try to get to as many of those as we can. Big week for the Chiefs, obviously. Game one approaches the Chiefs at uh, at the LA Chargers. But before we get started, we've got some unfinished business. I think we need to take care of. Um, when we last left you uh, f- with Facebook Live, we were all somewhat concerned. I believe was the was the tone and the tenor of uh, Brooks' apartment, <laughs> and um, uh, so give us set it up. Uh, why were we concerned? Well, because I had the realization on the way to the last uh, Chiefs preseason game that I had left a candle burning in my apartment, and not just that, but I'd also left my engagement ring in the bathroom drawer. So I thought I was going to come back to no apartment, potentially no fiance. Um, <laughs> but the good news is that I walked in. The candle had never even been lit, so it, everything was more than fine. Okay, so it wasn't not burned down, just not lit. Just not lit. Oh. So I don't know where I got that in my mind, but sometimes that happens where you're just like, did I did I light that candle? Did I blow it out? Was it even what is was it ever even lit? The answer is was not ever lit. And then yesterday it burned out. So and I'm not going to oh. replace it <laughs> because we don't need a repeat of this. We were all looking in the at the in, from the Arrowhead Stadium press box toward downtown, <laughs> looking for signals that uh, that something may be amiss. But uh, everything was there. Okay. Well, that's I feel I feel. Yeah. Better. So it's a happy ending for everyone except Sam, who really wanted something exciting to happen. <laughs> so he was disappointed that my apartment wasn't burned down. Well, and so when we talked that night as well, uh, the Chiefs were just about to cut. Right. They're about to get to their 53-man roster, and there were. There were a few surprises, uh, I, I thought, over the next 36 to 48 hours. Um, I remember we, we were talking about uh, whether they're going to keep uh, Chase Litton or Matt McGloin. Neither. Turns out neither. Uh, and what were they going to do uh, in the secondary? A lot. Turns out a lot. <laughs> you know, quite a lot. So let's, before we talk about the Chiefs and, uh, and, and the game this week, let's, let's go back and, and review a little bit about the 53. What was it that... Uh, uh, I, let's start in the secondary, because I, I count 10, of the 10 players that they kept in the secondary, I count six who uh, have not taken a snap for the Chiefs. And, uh, and of the four that are returning, Ron Parker is one of them. You know, so, and he's got an asterisk by his name. So, uh, and this includes Eric Berry. Uh, there's some news on him today, which is to say we don't know what the news is on <laughs> Eric Berry. We'll get to that in a minute, too. So what were, the, what were you guys' takes from the, from the 53? Well, all the folks who were sort of out there with torches and pitchforks got David Emerson has been released. So that one was the one that people were sort of clamoring for. Um, that and then obviously I'm thinking the day that we did the Facebook Live was they made the trade for Ward. Um, right. And Lucas was the day after, right? Um, 
and then Parker. So I mean, those change, those are all you know. So those three new guys within you know the last week of the preseason uh, just shows you how much in flux the secondary has been. Um, and with Emerson's move, that means basically makes Scandrick the third corner. Uh, I assume he's going to play that same role where he'll be the outside guy when Fuller bumps to the nickel. And those you top three corners now are you know Fuller, Nelson, and Scandrick replacing Emerson. Um, Is that better? Do we do we think? Do I we... think based off of what we've seen, I mean, can't you know, be worse <laughs> from Emerson. Emerson just didn't look good in the preseason. He wasn't you know wasn't able to stay with guys. So it's it can't yeah like you said it can't be worse. It's sort of the way you have to look at that one. It's better than what we saw in the preseason. You know, <laughs> yes. um, they made a gamble. It, it it backfired on them. They made a gamble that they could get that David Amerson from sixteen. Is that when he had a good year? <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah. Gone, he's he's gone good bad, one good year bad. that was. Every other year. Yeah. You know, and, and they, they well, made a then historically, they should have been Should have been his turnaround year. Yeah. That the, the, they thought the, the coaching slash culture slash whatever could bring the best out of him. And, you know, I don't think it's – they lost, I think, like 500 grand, right? It wasn't a big number. Of, yeah. Right. It was like – You know, it was, it was a two million, up to $2 million yeah, contract, but a lot of that was incentives. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, financially it wasn't a huge loss for them. But, I don't know, I think symbolically – they brought him in thinking that, you know, their culture, their coaching could could bring him up, and it really just didn't at all. But the the, the rest of it, I applaud the front office. I mean, I think, like, a lot of us probably expected them to be pretty aggressive in the secondary. They had a lot of changes to make, right? Uh, you know, Charverius Ward becomes essentially a sixth-round pick, you know, uh, <laughs> right. which right. is probably about, you know, maybe what he could have been. So, you know, the new bodies and developmental bodies, too, um, you know, with an eye toward the future, which, which you wrote about the other day, right? I, I was struck by we, we spend all this time covering a team before you guys got here. So the, the, we cover the draft, and then we cover OTAs and minicamp, and then you guys arrive, and we cover training camp weeks and weeks and weeks and <laughs> weeks of training camp coverage. And so you get to know a team a little bit, and you get to know the roster, and then in a day, it turns over in, you know, kind of... You don't know anybody anymore. All of a sudden, he's like, how do you pronounce, you know, you know these guys? Where, where'd they play? Where were they from? And, uh, but but I, I, I'm going to credit the Chiefs here for recognizing the need and and, spent, and and seeing what we saw in practice that it just wasn't going to work with, with, with Amerson, with Robert Golden mm-hmm. at safety and, uh, you know, and others. Um, and and they, made the, they made moves. Golden actually asked them to, to be released. But uh, they made moves, and we'll see if they're better for it. Um, they, uh, they're they're going to get tested right out of the gate these first two games with, with their secondary and their pass rush, aren't they? In the first two months, too. Um, you know, I th- this is the, the most difficult division game that they'll play all year at the Chargers. The, the Chargers, I think, are the, the best team in the division. And, you know, I think it's particularly interesting. I mean, they're, they're kind of good everywhere, especially on defense. But those two guys that they got rushing the quarterback, right, Ingram and Bosa, yeah. I mean, that, that is as big a challenge as the Chiefs, as big a challenge as any offensive line, really, what we'll face. And if, I just think it's interesting to go there on the road, first game, new quarterback, uh, you know, kind of a on-the-fly, you know, makeshift defense and a lot of, okay, let's see what you got. And then after that, you know, all you got is, is at Pittsburgh, um, you know. Garoppolo uh, at home. Garoppolo at home and then at Denver. Mm-hmm. And then Jacksonville at home, right. another really good defense, and then, uh, and then, then an easy me, game me, after that. Give me at New England, yeah. right? That's, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, right off, right off the first you know, month, month and a half, two months, we're going to see 
a lot. It's it's kind of a sink or swim situation for the team. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll we'll uh, before we leave today, we're going to give you our, our final pro uh, projected record for the Chiefs regular season record, and a Pat Patrick Mahomes uh, projection as well. Um, so as we as we sort of wrap up the the review here. Um, the other thing that the other to, to me position group that changed was the offensive line as well. Um, who who were these new guys? You know, I don't even know if I can keep track of all the moves that ended up happening on the offensive line because so they ended up trading uh, Parker Anger for Shavarius Ward, um, and then they released Brian Witzman and brought in was that Ike Butker that was at that point or but was Gurr. But Gurr. 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 And Should we just curve. all growl at each other? But girl, <laughs> got it. Um, brought him in, and then. Well, yeah, I think actually that was technically the reader. That's when Ben <laughs> that, Reader okay, came in. Okay, that's Ben Reader. And I think Butker, that claim was Gurr. what led to um, McGloin being released. That's right. So a lot of moving parts there too, and young guys too. I mean, um, we're just going to call him Ike because I don't want to <laughs> growl anymore. Uh, he is an undrafted rookie from Iowa, played with Ben Neiman, also played with Anthony Hitchens, um, and both he and, and Reeder, brand new guys, just got in, haven't even practiced yet, but they're going to give, you know, some more kind of young depth, the way that this team is trending as a whole, and then I think the most interesting move on the offensive line, which kind of relates back to this being game week, is Cam Irving being pushed out of the starting lineup to being that versatile swing man to kind of play any position. But he's moved from being a starter one day. The next day, the next day is signing a ten million dollar two year extension. So credit to him. But that's the timing of that was kind of weird. Um, but talked to him today, and he said, you yeah, know, what did he say, what did he say about that? You know, I think he said at one point in my career it would have been a negative to look at that and see, oh, I'm not a starter anymore. But first former first round draft. Pick. Exactly. But he said, you know, there's also value in being that swingman backup, and that's what the Chiefs have seen. And that's why they decided to reward him with a contract extension. He said, a lot of guys, you know, don't make it past the first contract. And the fact that I have is a huge milestone. So I think that he's choosing to look at this as a positive. I mean, how could you not? You sign, you know, this deal that's going to get you paid. And, yeah, you're not a starter, but they're showing that you are a valued part of this organization, even if you're coming off the bench. Right, right. Um, uh, again, in the, in the revolving door of the offensive line, Parker Anger was traded. Former uh, for, fourth round pick, maybe yeah. fourth round pick a couple years ago. Never healthy. Never, never was never healthy. When he was healthy, before he was injured the first time, they had high hopes for him. Yeah. They, they thought he was. He looked good too. Yes, very early. He did yeah. at guard, uh -huh. and then at the, in, in training camp they moved him out to tackle, and it just, it just, you know, wasn't going to work here. And so Andrew Wiley, what do we know about Andrew Wiley? Uh, the, the new, I guess Andy Reid pretty much said it today. He's going to mm -hmm. start. He's going to start at guard. I. I talked to him at training camp, uh, early in training camp, when he, he was moving up the depth chart, and and I can't remember what we talked about. It was <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> must remember. have been a great interview. Yeah, it was it was quite, quite the impression. I'll tell you, it was the day that there was the camp fight, right? Okay. And so yeah. I, because he was in the middle of that, and I thought that was kind of impressive. He he was in there, kind of mixing it up with Justin Houston and and Justin and Hamilton, and I thought, oh, that's I like like that. Um, we'll see we'll see how he does this week. That's. Uh, um, he, would on, he was on the Colts practice squad most of last year, and now he's going to start his first NFL game, it looks like, on, on Sunday in, in L.A. So um, the other news that came out of today uh, is Eric Berry. And it's news because we don't know anything definitive, right? I mean, it's, but 
you just have a kind of a sinking feeling now, don't you? Yeah, I, I, I thought today we'd get something real. You know, it's either going to happen or it's not. And the fact that it's, they didn't say it's going to happen sort of makes you a little pessimistic yeah. about whether it will happen. I mean, I, look, there, there's a chance that he can play, that, that he'll be active on the roster, but if he's not practicing, he hasn't practiced in 25 days. Yeah, did not practice today either. Yeah, no. not practicing today, um, you know, maybe, and, and he's not just day-to-day, -day, guys. He is literally, literally day right. by day, day to day. I love that. Um, That's straight from the trainer. Literally, day by day, day so to day. I guess you can come up with a scenario in your mind where maybe he comes to the facility tomorrow and he's able to go a little bit, like limited practice, and then Friday a walkthrough or whatever, and then he can take 20 snaps, 10 snaps, something like that uh, in the game. But there's, there's no question that this is not – Eric Berry at full strength that they're going to get, even if he, even if the most optimistic scenario happens, and and he's able to play, and that is a huge problem. Uh, I mean, we, we saw what what this defense looks like without Eric Berry last year. I think it, it changes the way I think about this game. Yeah, uh, it does. Uh, certainly the season in general, but kind of generally the season, but maybe specifically this game mm -hmm. uh, with uh, Ron Parker, who <laughs> you know who. Who's played in the last whatever 64 games for the Chiefs? <laughs> he's he's back, but uh, and looks like he's going to start most likely. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, former starter <laughs> comes in, you know, this weekend, starting the next weekend. <laughs> after, right. after being cut from a team that needs safeties. Yeah, not that's a little want. concerning. Not what you want. No, no. Um, but I bet he plays. I bet he plays like a nine hundred thousand dollar player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and, uh, Actually, like I, I like Ron. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I think yeah. he's a, a, a valuable piece. I, I don't mean as a he's great with us, but um, you a know, good on player. the field, he's just a solid. He's been a solid guy. Yeah, it seems like my opinion of Ron Parker is higher than a lot of Chiefs fans' opinion. Right? Like, I, I feel like he's versatile. He, he's a really smart player, uh, smart guy. I mean, I, I think he can be he can be useful to them. I, I really do. I mean, he's not a difference maker. I'm not you know trying to. It, when, when Eric Murray has the brain, if Eric Murray can get the brain of Ron Parker, Eric Murray's going to be a hell of a lot better player. Terrific athlete, you know, all that stuff. But at the moment, you could do a hell of a lot worse, I think, than Ron Parker. B.J. Kissel, I was talking a little bit before, uh, you know, the, the Chiefs.com reporter, uh, has an interesting <coughs> stat. He said that, that in, since Bob Sutton came here, uh, Ron Parker has something like 500 more snaps with the Chiefs than anybody else currently on the roster. That's I thought that was really yeah, interesting. That is a really yeah. interesting stat. Um, a lot of that's injuries. Barry, Houston, you know, those guys have just been hurt. Right, yeah. right. You know, he's been around. He's been yeah, around. You, you talk about, you know, him maybe not being as good as, you know, whatever Chiefs fans might want, think, okay, we can bring in this guy, that guy. It's like right now your options are Armani Watts, rookie, Murray, who's third-year guy who's had two starts in his career, and um, Lucas, who just got Lucas. here, mm -hmm. yeah. and and, the, and you're assuming you know, that's whether Barry plays or not. I mean, those you know, and maybe not Barry. So that's that's what you got right there. That's what yeah. you got to work with. We could take Ron Parker out of the picture. So I mean, a guy who knows the system, mm -hmm. who's experienced, who knows you know, who's played with some of these guys. Obviously, the secondary is mostly new, but he's played with some of these guys. Mm -hmm. So I mean, as far as what's out there, that's not a bad option. Where you're at, you know? they got really <laughs> lucky in a lot of ways that he was available for sure. Uh, Venkat, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, wants to know if, uh, if the Chiefs would play Barry without any practice. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, yes, yes. He gets cleared an hour before the game. Right. You're going, he's, buddy. He's, he's running onto the field. They yeah. might check back at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> you sure? Yeah. 
It was, let's, not that you need reminding, but it was in the opener last year that um, after not playing in the preseason at all because of a sore heel or a bruised heel, whatever they, however they uh, characterize it, yeah, last year, uh, Eric Berry, after playing three great quarters, draped all over Gronkowski. He was terrific. Man, he was he so was good. Terrific that um, early in the fourth quarter, I think it was, mm. um, uh, ruptured the, the Achilles and, and was lost and, and so now here we are with with him. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, absolutely. Barry is um, Barry will play if if at all possible. But I, I'm telling you, I, I I guess I've been drinking the Kool Aid a little bit, thinking more positively about his chances. You know, they're they're just resting him. He's going to be fine. Um, but after today, uh, not not so much. Wow. You'd be talking about a guy that essentially hadn't practiced in, in 28 days, in, in, in four weeks. And I know, like, Eric Bear's different, right? Like, I mean, he's just a different guy talent-wise, like everything that he's, you know, the comebacks, uh, plural, and all that stuff. But I, from the Chiefs' point of view, too, you know, if he's kind of on that fence, don't you hold him back? You know, I mean, one of the worst things you could do is, is yeah. push him in, and then you get the same thing that happened last year. And look, maybe at some point you just got to throw him in the pool, and, and, and see if he can swim, but my gosh, if I wasn't 100%, I, I wouldn't play him. And, and, this is, a big risk. and this is maybe inside NFL stuff today, but you wonder who all is making the call for, for this. Is yeah. Barry's people? Yeah. Um, because the team obviously wants him, needs him, would love to have him out there, but maybe maybe there are some forces going on yeah. here. That, like a Kawhi Leonard situation? Yeah. Obviously not that dramatic. We are not at that point, but... It's almost what it feels like in a way. Like it just kind of feels like this mysterious heel soreness. And we saw him at practice the last two times we were allowed in there. Obviously, he wasn't playing, but he was there, which was an improvement from what it had been the previous 20-some days when he wasn't anywhere around. So it's, I don't know. It's just the whole thing is just kind of strange. All right. So um, I wanted to, since you guys didn't cover the team last year, I'm going to ask Sam a series of really just quick questions whether this position group is weaker or stronger than last year. Okay, okay let's just on the defensive side. Um, uh, defensive front, interior. Uh, better, I think. I, I think, um, you know, same guy, but I think Chris Jones is, is poised for a better year. Alan Bailey played a lot of the year hurt. Yeah, think um, he's, we think he's healthier. Yeah. And, I, then, and then it's Xavier Williams for, for Benny Logan. Williams and Derek Noddy for Benny Logan. Yeah, um, and, and there was another guy that they lost too from that year, right? Like... Um, but I, I think Derek Noddy is, is more of the uh, plug-and-play replacement for uh, Benny Logan. And Benny Logan was hurt a little bit last year. But um, I've been really impressed with Derek Noddy. Like, he, he's been, you know, sort of, he's got you're, you're, a you're, specific you're, skill that right away immediately makes an impact on an NFL field. Yeah, Lynn, you've, you've been kind of following Noddy throughout camp and everything. He's pretty yeah, impressive, yeah. dude. And they've put him in, I mean, even early in camp, you saw them throw him right in there against, the, like, in run situations. Like, the, you know, they expect him to be one of those guys when they – you know, geared up for the run, he's going to be on the field. And, I mean, just talking to, you know, like Cam Irving, well, went, uh, they both went to Florida State, and he talked about him just being one of the strongest guys. Like, he arrived on campus as a freshman, one of the strongest guys you're going to line up against. And he said, he told guys, like, when he, you know, when they drafted me, like, you'll see, right? And he said, and when he puts his hands on you, yeah. you know. I mean, like, it's just yeah. a guy, I mean, he's just, he's that type of a guy. And, I mean, we saw him, you know, I think it was, I want to say the Chicago game, um, and then, um, I think that's the game he started, right? Yeah, yes, the Chicago yeah. game he started, and you know he was he was definitely. And again, Chicago didn't put starters out there, but I mean, 
he, he holds his own. I mean, I'm not sure how much of a pass rush guy he is, but as far as stopping the run, uh, he's going to do what they need him to do, and I think he's, they only expect him to get better. Right. Okay, so I agree with you. I think that I think that position group going into this year is better. Even though I, I did like the Benny Logan acquisition, um, I did too. And because Don Terry Poe was hurt the previous year, so it just but it didn't work out that way. Okay, outside linebacker. Uh, I think the same or less. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, you know. I know I know how big a fan of Frank Zombo you were. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> big, big loss. I don't know who's going to replace Zombo. Uh, Good special but, teams guy. You know, just the, the pass rush, you know, I believe, whether I'm on an island or not, I believe that Justin Houston is on the downward portion of his career. I think he's still a very good player, but not, you know, the freak of nature. Uh, I don't know that you can count on anything from D Ford. Uh, you know, he's, he's a good pass rusher in the right situations, but a, a liability against the run. Uh, Breland Speaks, his future I still think might be inside. You know, he he's, is an outside, like, uh, you know, set the edge kind of guy. He's really good. Like, I mean, he's NFL level already. But, you know, when he tries to rush the pass, r rush the quarterback, I think he looks like kind of an overmatched rookie. And so, you know, that that's the spot. Ta you know, Tano Passigno, like maybe they can get something out of it. But I, that's the part where, you know, the breakdown, if the season goes the way that I think, and it probably won't, um, th that's where the breakdown begins to me is, is with the pass rush. You know, I, I'm, I'm starting to wonder about Breland Speaks a little bit. Um, he, he, you know, the Chiefs' first draft pick, second-round guy, traded up to, in the position to get him. And I guess I wanted to be more wowed by yeah. him. And then maybe that's too much to expect. It, maybe it's just too much to expect. But after a couple years now, I've not seen the Chiefs get to the quarterback in a way they need to get to the quarterback. I'm thinking, okay, you know, we, here's, here's, here's a new entry into this competition. Let's, let's see what we got. And I was really excited when... They were playing Passigno and Speaks together, and I thought maybe this will end up, you know, there won't be much drop-off here, but they didn't, you know, when, when the defensive starters were on the field in the preseason, there was hardly any, you know, uh, uh, pass rush that was, you know, that affected the quarterback, as, as uh, Bob Sutton likes to say. So I, I, I think Breland Speaks is sort of on, you know, under scrutiny right now. Well, I think like Sam said, um, I think Brett Veach actually talked to this, spoke to this a little bit over the weekend that he already started to think about, well, you know, Speaks may eventually move to five technique and yep. he's already, you know, I yep. mean, not even through the preseason, he's already, or just through the preseason, he's already starting that talk. So I think, you know, and I think at one point he sort of alluded to he's outside right now because that's sort of where he can help them best right now, but that might not be his ultimate position. So, I mean, I think they're starting to see some of that. Are they... Whether they had that in mind beginning or once they got him in here, they sort of came to that conclusion. I think that's part of you know what their thinking is is that he's probably a guy who may be playing sort of next to Naughty going forward as opposed to being outside and mm -hmm. looking yeah. as a pass rusher. He played there in college. Yeah, you know, he, he played, played he did. Yeah, he moved tackle and end in college at Ole Miss. So. Yeah, I, I just I, I wonder if his future like you know um, correct me if I'm wrong, but Alan Bailey is a free agent I believe after this season. I right? think yes. I yeah. just wonder if he might be the new Alan Bailey next year. Hmm. Rush again, rush next to you know Chris, Chris Jones, Jones and some sub packages, some stuff like that. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Okay, so um, all right, so interior defensive line better, outside linebacker equal or worse. Yep. How about inside linebacker? Better. Uh, better with uh, uh, yeah. with Reggie uh, Raglan and Anthony Hitchens versus DJ and yeah. Raglan. Love love DJ. Uh, we all one, did. one of my favorite players, but. Um, just he, he he wasn't an NFL caliber player last year. Whether that was you know, Achilles or w whatever that was, he just didn't have it. 
it's a shame that he, you know, he was denied his greatest moment of last season. It would have been incredible. Wouldn't that have been something? And just the way that it happened, it's like, it's, sorry guys, but it's like very Chiefs. <laughs> the way that that ended up happening, yeah. that that was taken away, and the forward progress call yes. in the Titans playoff game, yeah. it was it was the it was the Derek Johnson sack that created the forward progress that somehow was forward pro that Marcus Mariota was going forward, I guess, wow. when he got his you know his world turned upside well, down. His forward progress was stopped. <laughs> that is <laughs> literally <laughs> true. <laughs> That's right. Okay, and let's let's just go back to this. Let's go to the secondary. Um, yeah, I, I think so. It's um, an easy one. I wasn't even here last year, and I can tell you that's, <laughs> that's definitely a decline. Because uh, in in the off season, it was well, you got Barry back, and he'll be healthy. But does any of us believe that Eric Barry is going to play a full season? And, yeah. and I don't know what the over under would have to be for you to bet, you know, the over on you know was it eight and a half? Like, I, yeah, I'd yeah. be surprised if he plays ten games this year. Me too. Me, me too. You'd have to say that now. Yeah. I mean, just based on the information this week, that it's it's just kind of a gloomy. That was, you know, when, when when a trainer has to come out and give you an injury update for someone who's not having surgery. Yeah. That's when you know there's something a little amiss here. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but the, all the newcomers too, and in, in the secondary. I and, think so. I mean, they've got a they've got some guys. Um, to me, this is a little bit of a developmental squad. Um, you know, Murray, Watts, uh, Ward, Smith, they've got some guys. I'm not saying any of these guys are going to be stars, uh, you know, three years from now or whatever, but I think they're carrying these guys because they believe they're going to be a lot better next year, the year after, the year after that than they are right now. It, it seems like a, a roster put together very much for, um, you know, let, let's, let's really try and win in 19, 20, 21. That, that's how this feels to me. Okay. All right, so defense overall, adding um, it all up. We've got two up and two down. I know. and, and Or, or maybe maybe a 1-2-1. One, one, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I believe that they're going to be a better up front. Like, I believe they're going to have more of a back. And that'll have an impact. I mean, that yes. should have an impact on the whole thing. So yes. Better stopping the run yeah. and, um, uh, and, and getting, getting, affecting the quarterback. Uh, up up the middle. Yeah. So what, what I don't know the the biggest question to me is is we've talked about this before on this show I believe but um, getting turnovers like I don't know where those turnovers are going right. to come from. Right. It's a big thing. Armani Watts. That's it. <laughs> there you go. You know for you know for for all the negatives that anybody can say about Marcus Peters in in some ways the positive you have to admit even the the person who hates Marcus Peters the most must admit that the guy created turnovers I think the most in the league. Since he came in, maybe he's, that's just among quarterbacks he, he has or the, cornerbacks. I'm he has sorry. the most interceptions of the last two years and three years in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just a terrific, you know, sort of game-changing talent. And uh, you know, I think Kendall Fuller is a star, a star, a stud, all that stuff. Uh, but you know, Kendall Fuller is going to be more like this. And Marcus Peters will give you this, might also give you this. Right. And and so, look, maybe that's a wash, but they still need turnovers. Yeah. And, and you've made the point. It's a really smart point that the. Part of what the Chiefs had done going to, um, not four straight postseasons, but four out of five, and you know, winning record each of those years is they consistently win turnovers. And part yeah. of that's the offense. And they not just, turning it over. Yes. That's, that's, a big, that's been a big part of it, but, but the other part is yeah. pretty significant. Yeah, and, and that guy, the, the Getting him. Alex Smith had, um, isn't this true? Like, did he throw four interceptions last year or five? He's five. Okay, and then so in however many, like, 
the, the number of throws that Alex Smith had is like this. The number of throws that other Chiefs had is like this. And they were like four interceptions or something. They're right. Kelsey, Hill, right. uh, Bray turned it over what, twice. Right. I mean, it was just like as soon as he got out. That's right. Turnover. <laughs> Mahomes threw one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was, um, that, that's going to be a big change from, from how we've seen the Chiefs the last few years. It is. Um, so they've they got to kind of adjust accordingly. Yeah. And I think you have yeah. to anticipate um, some errors by the, the new quarterback. Yeah. Um, we, we were talking to Philip Rivers a little while ago, and, um, uh, and even, even he was asked about Patrick Mahomes. It's everybody, gets to be, everybody gets asked about Patrick Mahomes. You're welcome for that. <laughs> well, we haven't talked about that quarterback that's over here. Let's ask this guy who's been in the league almost as long as Patrick Mahomes has been alive. Not quite, but it feels like it. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, speaking of which, let's, let's start our, our um, prediction round of, uh, of Facebook Live with Vahe's prediction for Patrick Mahomes this year. Vahe has him flinging the pigskin for 3,948 yards with 33 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Was That's he really a very specific, specific yeah, yeah. Was he really like... <laughs> Are you sure you just make that I mean, up? I see that nowhere in your notes. No, I think nope. you just... Uh, it's actually, oh, it's it in the notes, but like, no. what mathematical actually, model did he run to come up with that? <laughs> he, he actually broke it down by quarters of games. <laughs> no, no. So Does he have a PlayStation or something? Drive. Did he do a simulation? <laughs> All right, let's keep, keep this in mind. The Chiefs' record for touchdown passes in the season is 30 by Len Dawson. And last year, Alex Smith threw for 4,000 yards, and that was the fifth time a Chiefs quarterback had thrown for that many yards in a season. So, uh, with that in mind, give me a give me a Mahomes uh, give me a Mahomes prediction. He had 33 touchdowns and 14 picks, by the way. I gave a prediction earlier this morning that was maybe a little on the high side. I didn't give a, a total number of yards, but I will right now, and I'm going to go with somewhere in the neighborhood of like. 3,800. 3,800. Um, Write it down. And then I had him throwing 30 touchdowns, but with 20 picks. But then I think I would like to revise that 20-pick number because that's really extreme and maybe somewhere in the neighborhood of, like, 18. Mm. I'm going 18. I'm, I'm definitely going on the high end, though. Yeah, I'm disallowing that revision. So go ahead, Lynn. <laughs> what do you got? Um, so 20 is what it is. You got. Okay. Yeah. Well. Um, I guess I'll go yardage-wise. I'm going to come in right around... 3,700. All right. And I'm, I'm going to go a little lower on the touchdowns. I think I'm, I'm shooting 25 and like 15. 25 and 15. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm not as optimistic about the touchdown numbers, so. He, uh, the, just, just the one in the preseason? Just the long one to Tyreek? To Watkins, you mean? And, oh, to, to, oh, yeah, to Tyreek. Yeah, yeah Tyreek. And, 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 then the, and then the, to Kareem Hunt in Chicago. Yeah, so okay. he did have two. He had two, right? Oh, touchdowns. Two touchdown passes. I'm sorry, I thought yeah, you yeah. my interceptions. No. no. Um, how many picks did no, you I have? go with the Reason. negative again. Um, <laughs> uh, just, I wanted to double-check this uh, to make sure I wasn't, uh, you know, contradicting myself. But um, these are very specific, you know, much like Vahe, <laughs> very specific numbers. Great, great I, minds. I wrote uh, 4,000 yards, even. Even. Oh, even. It was, it was crazy. It was crazy. He'll, My model need, just came up with He'll that. need like a 43-yard <laughs> touchdown pass on the final play of their last game to get yeah. it. And, uh, again, mathematic model, uh, 30 touchdowns, even. Yep. And uh, 15 interceptions, even. <laughs> that was my model. <laughs> Meanwhile, Vahe's got the slide rule out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Could have saved him some time. 
Well, Blair, what are yours? Yeah, um, uh, I just didn't do it. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you should no, hear no. all of ours before you calculated right. but, but yours. Let me put it this way. I, I've done it. I, I did it previously, and I'm actually closer to Lynn's uh, thoughts than, than you guys. I just, um, I, I think the Chiefs, uh, first-year starting quarterback, those are 4,000 yards or 30 touchdowns. That's a ton. Now, Deshaun Watson was on his way to that kind of season last year when he got hurt. Um, but he didn't have Patrick's weapons. Yeah. And I think one of those weapons that they're going to use a lot, there's a reason they kept five running backs. I think this team is going to have a higher percentage of, of run to pass than they have had in the last few years. I can't tell you what their percentage has been. Um, that would be something maybe someone could look up for us. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's going to be higher, and I think that's part of it's going to be to, uh, to take the pressure off of Mahomes and bring him along somewhat slowly and control the offense and don't turn it over because it is so important uh, to, for, the, for the Andy Reid offense not to not turn the ball over. So I would go somewhere in the vicinity of uh, 3,300 yards, and 20, I like the 25 touchdowns and, and maybe a little fewer interceptions, maybe 10 picks for, for him. Meanwhile, uh, Kareem Hunt rushes for 1,100 yards and Spencer Ware rushes for six or 700 and, uh, and the Williams combined for another 300 or so. And maybe Mahomes is, you know, gets into the end zone a few times himself running the ball. Did you guys see where, um, like, and we're all kind of in the same area here. Uh, but anyway, did you see where, where uh, uh, Pat Mahomes, like literally Pat Mahomes, not Patrick, uh, responded to something on social media. I don't know if it was like Twitter or Facebook or something. Oh and, and he offered to bet a steak dinner for anyone uh, that, uh, that that Patrick will throw fewer than ten interceptions. Ooh. So a steak dinner, if you can if you can get a hold of. of yeah, that's. I, I mean, I know that that's like less than. Well, it's significantly less than my prediction, but I would like to bet on that just because. <laughs> I mean, it can't hurt to submit your bid for a steak dinner. You know, after that, after that first. What couple series against uh, the Texans in the first preseason game, where he had the you know the the overthrow to Kelsey, mm -hmm. he he threw the ball really well against Chicago. That's not the mm -hmm. you know, that's not the game story we all came out of there with because the way the no. defense played against the Bears backups, um, uh, Chase Daniel and that crew. But Patrick Mahomes threw I thought threw the ball really well. Mm -hmm. That to me is the type of game we're going to see from him more often than not. Controlled passing. Touchdown pass, no no picks, and um, and they scored. I think on another on a they had a field goal drive as well. So that was that touchdown and a field goal in the first half that he played. So he also made some really good decisions. There was the the touchdown to Hunt, you know, that was reading a blitz. Both of them, you know, right. that was reading a blitz, and it was ended up an easy throw. But it was an easy throw because of what was going on up here, you know. And then early, I think this was early in the game, maybe in the first drive. There's that. Uh, that jet sweep that they ran, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. you know, that was a decision that the quarterback made to give him the ball, and I think it went for 25, 27, something like that yards. You talking, yeah, that was the little shovel pass 28. To, to Hunt. Yeah, it was yeah. 28. Yeah, was, I mean, you know, th these are, you know, up here decisions yeah. that I think are, are indicative <laughs> of Pat being a smart guy and having a year in the system. I'd say the one that probably in that game that stands out even more to me is um, he had a there was one, because I think earlier at the time I didn't remember him really throwing it downfield much, but he had one to Kelsey that was for like 20, and it was on that first drive, and it was there was a blitz coming, but they had mm -hmm. enough guys to pick it up, and so he recognized that he didn't have to get it out you know, necessarily quickly, and he hits Kelsey crossing over the middle for, I think it was probably close to 20 yards, and that was one where you know he recognized the situation, recognized they had it blocked up, and then was able to patient enough to let 
Kelsey sort of get into that open area and hit him across the middle. I think it was on that first drive. So um, he did. I mean, because I think that one, I've, that game, I think I, you know, because I had got the the game pass. So I went back and watched every pass play that he uh, that he threw. Um, and I don't remember there being a whole lot of like, what was he doing on that, you know, sort of pa on that pass play. I think he recognized things. I think, um, and that was one where I think it was like six incompletions in that game. Um, there was the one that he just missed Watkins. There was, I think, two that he threw away. I mean, so, I mean, that's half of them right there. And then I think there was just a missed timing one with Watkins, too, like on the out pattern that was, was open. So, I mean, it wasn't many, like, what are you doing? You're going the wrong place with the ball. It was mm -hmm. getting rid of it to avoid a sack, or it was, you know, just misconnection um, with the receiver. Do you describe that as efficient? Yes. It was very sounds efficient. His, his efficiency and his uh, <laughs> lack of intestinal fortitude. <laughs> I like this. Brian uh, LaBerge calls me out. So, Blair, you think Mahomes is only going to average 206 passing yards per game? Aren't those Tyler Palco numbers? No. No. Palco? <laughs> Tyler, no. God, people forget. <laughs> My goodness. Well, I think he's right about it. I, I, I've got to probably get more yards for, for Mahomes, but Too Tyler like Paco would have, uh, you know, would have killed for 206 yes. passing, passing yards per game. So, all right, let's, let's go around. We'll wrap this up, begin to wrap this up with uh, some final record predictions. Again, we'll start with uh, uh, the professor, Vahe Gregorian, has the Chiefs 10-6. and six. I didn't ask him to, to say, ask where they're going to finish in the division, but... Ten and six sounds like a pretty healthy record, and it won the division last year. Lynn, we'll start with you. I'll go nine and seven. Nine and seven. Brooke. See again, like I, I say nine and seven, but I also think it could be eight and eight. Like I just, I can't make a decision. But <laughs> I think it's, it's going to be one of those two. Okay. Is my, my guess. That's that's a that's a big number for Vegas because I think eight and a half is their. Uh, I've seen eight and a half is. And this is why program. I don't gamble because I'm so indecisive that like <laughs> I don't want to waste my money on something. I'll change my mind in five minutes. But I think the optimistically nine and seven. Okay, what do you think? I haven't done it yet. I was gonna. I keep putting this off. Yeah, we're gonna um, do this actually for the star and online and in the print product. We're gonna go down game by game. But I, I believe my number is gonna end up being eight and eight or maybe. Seven and nine. Maybe go the other Ooh. way. Ooh. Yeah. I don't like this defense. I don't know if you guys have noticed. <laughs> this defense is ungood. Well, I had him nine and seven, but I had him winning. I had him winning this first game, and that was before I heard the news today about Eric Berry uh, day to day. Uh, so I, I may have to adjust that to eight and eight. But tomorrow um, is a new day. That's <laughs> All right, but but I, so I'm guided by stupid things on on uh, predictions like this. Like the Chiefs have been six and two at home each of the last four years. So you start there, right? You yeah. find they're six and two at home, and in um, in Andy's four and one in openers. So that kind of leans positive, including three and zero oh on the road. Um, never beats the Steelers. Plays the Patriots well. There's all sorts of trends here that you look at that that. Uh, that are absolutely meaningless going into a season, but, but I like to think about. Um, let's get to a couple questions before we, before we uh, sign off here, and John Sleazer can get back to cutting tape. Um, uh, Tadashi wants to know how productive will Kendall Fuller be this year? Our predictions on the Kendall Fuller season. Anybody want to take a is – is he a pro I'll go bowl? quick. I think he's a stud. Is I, he, I think is he pro bowl Yes, worthy? absolutely. I think he's one of the best – this is maybe I'm, you know – out of line here. I think he's one of the best 10 cornerbacks in football. I think he's terrific. 10, wow. I don't know if, well, I'd have to go back and look at, say, 
whether or not he's one of the ten. But I think he's going to really solidify the secondary as it is um, because of the fact that he'll play over the slot, be able to leave Nelson on the outside, mm -hmm. and probably Skandrick, who's you know who come in in the middle of the camp, will stay on the outside. And they really like what they think he can do on that in that slot. I think his numbers last year were ridiculous. Like yeah. passer rating against him covering the slot was like 50 or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. So second um, or third best in the league. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's the big thing that I see is he's going to sort of like put everybody in their place in the secondary, um, and really sort of take away from that slot. But mm -hmm. obviously, as we've addressed, there's other issues in that secondary. Yep. yep. Kyle Fisher wants to know if our Records would be different if Marcus Peters still wore the, the red. Yes. yes. <laughs> I know. I know yours would be. Yeah. Yours would go from seven and nine to twelve and four-ish, maybe, <laughs> maybe thirteen and three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So much different. Yes. Yeah. Especially if if they had fuller hand. Oh my gosh. Peters, that would, and, yeah. and they did for what? How many days? Yeah, a couple <laughs> weeks. Couple what of weeks. Could have been. Yep, a couple yep. weeks. Uh, the safeties would still be a huge question mark. Uh, yeah. You know, the pass rush wouldn't get any better, but yes, that would be a big difference. Now you got Steve Nelson as your three. You know, yeah, that, that's, yeah. a, that's a pretty good secondary. Right, yeah. right. Okay, look, we're going to uh, we're going to be here at Arrowhead Stadium, uh, the the or the Chiefs training complex, the rest of the week, and then all of us are going to join Vahe in uh, on location in in Los Angeles, covering the Chiefs Chargers opening game and we hope you will join uh, the coverage uh, of the, join us uh, follow the coverage I think I got that right did I, did join, I? Us. Join, join is not the right word here we want you to well, join, join us. us for the Facebook live after the game follow our coverage leading up to it that's that's why basically <laughs> every any chance you get to follow something from the star do it yeah. there you go just yeah. we're going to flood the zone everywhere subscribe to the sports pass all that all that do it yeah, yeah. absolutely do, do that. All that so look thanks for tuning in and uh, and give us likes i think i'll give us a like right now how about if i just like us there we go got a like um, thanks for for following us and we will uh, and we'll talk to you again as Brooke said sunday early evening i guess from um, from los angeles this is Brooke Pryor. Make sure to stick around for my conversation with LA Daily News and Orange County Register Chargers beat writer Jack Wang coming up just after this. On the phone with me uh, is Jack Wang of the LA Daily News and the Orange County Register. Jack, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? You know, not too bad. I'm excited to come out to sunny Los Angeles because as we record it right now in Kansas City, it's raining buckets and it's supposed to do this for like the next three days. Uh, so I am not only excited about sun, but I'm also excited that the NFL season is finally starting. These games actually matter. Um, and we're going to start off with what could end up being a pretty big game in the uh, AFC West with the Chargers this week. Um, and I want to jump out, you know, right from the Right from the get-go, I saw that the Chargers released their officially unofficial depth chart yesterday. Were there any surprises when that came out to you? You know, it was pretty close to what I imagined. Um, I think the it, it was, I, I guess, a mild surprise that Derwin James wasn't listed as the starter at safety. I think, you know, that's probably, they, they tend to play conservative a little bit with listing their rookies. So I think um, it's still safe to expect him out there. Um, once kickoff comes on Sunday, and Antonio Gates as, as the backup tight end behind Virgil Green. You know, uh, that was the big news this week. The, the two parties finally made it work. 
Um, and he hasn't practiced yet, but we'll see him out there today on Wednesday. But the thing is that, you know, he's, he's 38 years old and, you know, as, as much as he knows the offense and as, as much as he knows Phillip Rivers, I think they want to probably save him for, you know, red zone and, and third downs and, and really make sure that he's still capable of, of contributing, you know, down the road and into a playoff run. So, you know, I, I think it makes sense in, in terms of, not using him as a full-time starter the way that Hunter Henry would have been or the way that Gates would have been a few years ago and sort of reorienting their offense so they're not as reliant on tight ends as they have been in recent years. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it and kind of go into detail there about Antonio Gates's signing. You're right, that, that did seem like the big news out of the Chargers this week. I mean, I know that he's had some really good chemistry with Philip Rivers in the past. How soon do you think that that's going to be that that's going to show up on the field? I mean, is that going to be something that we're going to see that week one, or is this something the chart or the Chiefs don't have to worry about until the the second go round? You know, I think you'll probably see a handful of plays where where you see a lot of that old chemistry. Um, I don't think it'll take him too. I don't think it'll take either of them too long to, to feel comfortable with each other again. The thing is just, you know, how much will he actually play? You know, Anthony Lynn on Monday kind of left the door open as to whether or not, um, he left it an open question as to whether or not Gates would play at all. Uh, I think it's it's probably safe to assume that he will play at least a little bit, but he's going to be on some sort of snap count. And what that number is will depend on, you know, how his conditioning looks uh, in these next few days of practice. And, you know, Gates is—he's basically been working out on his own the whole the whole off season. Um, you know, wasn't around in, in OTA or training camp, obviously. Um, but he looked—you know—he looked okay from what we saw of him just walking around the facility and walking through the locker room. Um, but it's it's different, you know, being able to play a game at NFL speed. Um, but I, I think you'll see him at least step onto the field and definitely be in uniform. Yeah, you know, when he was signed, the first thing I thought was man, I wish that Hard Knocks was in L.A. so that we could see exactly how this went down and see the backstory, see him training on his own. But that's also because I've done nothing but watch Hard Knocks for five weeks. So. Yeah. I don't know that we could have ended up with with a better team this year than, than Cleveland, though, with all the storylines that went through there. No kidding. I'm a little bit jealous that I'm not a Cleveland writer, although I'm sure when they're 0-8 or whatever it starts out with, I'll be thrilled to be covering the Chiefs, which – I think we'll be a little bit better than 0-8, but I guess we'll find out starting this Saturday. Um, But, you know, looking at Antonio Gates won't be, you know, as much of a factor probably as he was in previous years. Looking at the rest of the offensive weapons that Phillip Rivers has, who are some of those guys that are, you know, really you think could give the Chiefs secondary and and defense as a whole some trouble this week? Yeah, you know... um... They're probably most loaded at receiver. You know, Keenan Allen, as long as he's healthy, he's going to be a, a top five, one of the top five wideouts in the league, um, capable of pretty much playing anywhere in the field. And I think you'll see him line up even more in the slot this year just to make room for some of the other guys they have there. Uh, you know, the, the name to watch this year is Mike Williams. They're, they're first, their first-round pick from a year ago who basically had a redshirt year um, due, to a, due to a number of injuries had a really great camp, but I, I think it'll be interesting to see how much he's able to to translate that into regular season production. He was also listed as a backup um, behind Tyrell Williams, who was a thousand yard receiver a few years ago when Keenan Allen missed the year with a torn ACL. I, I think you know, in tying it back to to shifting away from tight ends, I think you'll see a lot more you no know, 
three wide out receiver packages this year, uh, just because just to take advantage of their personnel. Um, Mike Williams, his size, six foot four, being able to high point the ball and kind of use his body to box out cornerbacks, uh, I think you'll see them take advantage of that a lot on third downs and in the red zone. There was an over and under uh, from one of the gambling websites recently that put Mike at 450 yards and three and a half touchdowns. I think he should be able to clear that pretty comfortably. <laughs> and for context, there were five Chargers last year that cleared that threshold, including both of their both their running backs. And you know, um, uh, they they also have a pretty good one-two punch in, in Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, who was you know the latter was kind of their surprise undrafted rookie last year. Um, showed off a lot of that dynamic ability as, as both a runner and a catcher out of the backfield again this preseason. I know Mike Williams, I watched him when he was still at Clemson, and he was one of the most explosive receivers I've ever seen. Has he shown that same kind of ability, you know, after missing last year with all those injuries? Has he kind of bounced back, and does he look like the NFL version of his college self? Yeah, I think he does. You know, I think you take it all with a grain of salt because it is still training camp and the preseason, and he's going up a lot. He's gone up against, you know, a lot of defenders that probably aren't on NFL rosters at this point. But there was a, a, an important moment in training camp when he was running with the first-team offense, and he took a big hit uh, from Denzel Perryman, the starting middle linebacker. And he was able to kind of pop back up and, and really get back into practice and, and have a pretty good day the rest of the day. So I think that was that was a good moment to show that, you know, he's kind of both physically and mentally past the, the injury struggles that he had a year ago. Um, and, and a sign for fans that, you know, this is, this is a guy that they can afford to get excited about. Mm-hmm. And then I was, I was looking at uh, your breakdown, your, your game prediction. We'll get into that a little bit later. But um, the, the stat that jumped out to me is that Marcus Peters was able to pick off Philip Rivers, I think, six times. And Marcus Peters is no longer with the Chiefs. So what kind of sense do you get from, from this offense and, and from Phillip Rivers about how they feel, you know, facing this kind of new-look Chiefs defense? It doesn't seem like there's quite as many guys that are able to create those turnovers the way that Peters could. I mean, what's, what's kind of Phillip Rivers' mindset going into this? You know, I think it's a really good game for them to start the season with. You know, Kansas City uh, obviously has had their number the last four years, eight straight wins now in the rivalry series. But, you know, it's a, it's a very different team from what the Chargers have seen recently on, on both sides of the ball. And on defense in particular, Marcus Peters is a guy that Rivers described last year as, as kind of hard to, to predict and a really dangerous guy in that way. You know, he's not really a lockdown corner that sticks to his assignments, but he's a guy that either – you're going to be able to beat him for a big gain, or he's probably going to pick you off and take it for six the other way. And you know, I, I think obviously not having him, you know, that's probably going to be a help to the Chargers. Um, and I think a big thing for Philip is also, I think he plays better when he doesn't feel like he has to shoulder, you know, the, the hopes of his entire team. I think that happened a little bit. Um, in both the games against Kansas City last year, where he felt like they were they were they were starting to slip a little bit, and he had to do something heroic, and that's when you see him force the ball a little bit more and throw those interceptions. Um, only ten last year, which is I think was the lowest of his career, and I think a lot of that also had to do with just him trusting that his defense is going to get the ball back for him. Um, 
this defense is pretty much intact from a year ago. Uh, lost safety Trey Boston, who's now in Arizona, but you know probably an upgrade uh, in, in drafting Derwin James in the first round. So I think this is you know a, a good matchup for them to see what they can do on paper, but also a kind of a test for them emotionally and mentally, just for them to get past a team that's been um, you know a real wall for them in AFC West as of late. You mentioned Derwin James, which is a perfect time to jump over to the defensive side of the ball to preview what the Chiefs are going to see there and what Patrick Mahomes is going to face in his, I think, first game as a full-time starting quarterback for the Chiefs, second-year quarterback, first year as the full-time starter. Um, Derwin James, like you said, he's not listed as a starter on the depth chart, but seems like he's been kind of playing that way throughout training camp. What have you seen from him? You know, he's just... He definitely has more upside than just about anyone else, I think, in in the secondary. Um, you know, you can see kind of the athleticism and the range and, and just the ball-hawking ability, and it, it's still kind of su- a surprise that he slipped that far all the way down to number 17 for them. And the I think the thing to watch now going ahead is, is which safety position he actually ends up at. You know, he lined up probably more at strong safety, for most of the offseason, um, played a little bit more free as as the weeks went on. But you, it, it's a situation where you could see him and Jaleel Adai, who's going to be the other starter there. Um, they both kind of have some versatility to switch back and forth between those positions. So I think that's going to allow Gus Bradley to kind of keep both of them on the field and tinker with his, with his formation a little bit without actually having to make substitutions. So I think James is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, definitely going to be a few growing pains. I think there, there are times when you're going to see him miss some plays just because of his youth and his inexperience. Um, but there are also a lot of times where you're just going to see that talent shine through. When you look at the, the rest of the secondary around James, how is that shaping up? I mean, when you look at Kansas City, they have maybe like one or two sure thing guys in the secondary and the rest is up in the air. What's the situation like with the Chargers? It's pretty solid everywhere in the secondary. And obviously, Casey Hayward, two-time pro bowler uh, at one cornerback, um, at one starting cornerback position. And then Trevor Williams on the other side, who looked really good last year in place of Jason Verrett. And Desmond King, who, who you know had, I think, five sacks last year um, as their nickel cornerback. They, use, they like to use him on a lot of blitz. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how, how his role changes um, if it does at all, just given that they have Derwin James now, and they, they might run their formations a little bit differently. But they've got a lot of talent all over the secondary, and I think they've got enough depth to, to withstand you know, one or two injuries. They're, they're pretty lucky last year in that both of their starting corners, I think both of their safeties played um, all 16 games and, and upwards of 90% of defensive snaps. Um, you know, it'll be... Even losing any one of the starters, I think you'll see a noticeable drop-off. But as long as they're healthy, you know, it, it's a pretty solid unit. And, of course, you know, we can't talk about the defense without talking about Joey Bosa. I know he missed about, what, a month with a foot injury. But what's his status? Where is he kind of going into to this weekend, into week one? Yeah, I think, you know, his health, I think he'll be fine. It, it seems like they mostly held him out as a precautionary measure. You know, it was pretty early in training camp when he got hurt, and he wasn't really limping much even the day of the injury. You know, he was able to walk off um, 
um, to, to the tent there without, without any help. Um, and I, I think if, you know, if the regular season had started, he probably would have been able to play a couple weeks ago. And, you know, I think this is a guy that last year, you know, he played with a dislocated finger all year before having surgery on it in the off season. Obviously a foot's a little different in that it's, you know, weight bearing. So I think it's worth keeping an eye on whether or not he aggravates it at any point, but you know, it, it's not a, I don't think it's a significant worry for the Chargers ending the season. And, you know, he's a guy that's going to be in the defensive player of the year conversation, I think for the next several years and should have a, a, a pretty good year uh, this fall. I know I was, I was looking back at last year's games and it, it looked like the Chiefs really established their run offense early and Kareem Hunt had some really good games. Have the Chargers done anything to kind of shore up their run defense or is that an area that, that the Chiefs could exploit again this year or how do you kind of see that shaking out? I think it's, you know, TBD. It's going into the game. I think it's still an area that the, the Chiefs could definitely exploit. Um, you know, they didn't really add a whole lot of upgrades to the interior defensive line. Um, it'll help that Denzel Perryman is back. You know, he he missed the first half of last season uh, with a torn ligament in his ankle. And just having him back, I think, will, will help their run defense significantly. The, the number breakdown between the first and last half of the season um, a year ago was, was pretty significant. But they're going to be without defensive tackle Corey Legit, who's starting the season with a four-game PED suspension. Um, he played pretty well last year, was I think a fourth alternate for the Pro Bowl. Um, the other starter at defensive tackle is Brandon Medivane, who was with the Seahawks for a long time. He's 33, so he's kind of entering the, the tail end of his career. And, you know, they didn't really add um, a whole lot of interior defensive line help. Their, their one draft pick was in the third round with Justin Jones out of North Carolina State, and he missed the whole preseason uh, with an ankle injury. So it's it's unclear how much he might contribute um, early in the season. Mm-hmm. So we've covered offense, we've covered defense. It means we have to cover special teams. And <laughs> there was a little bit of a, a kicking controversy I saw in L.A., which when you've done that, you've hit all the boxes on the preseason bingo. Like, that's you might have filled up the entire board. Um, so... Robert Aguayo is cut, which, you know, man, that kid, I don't even know if he's a kid, we might be the same age, but from where he started out his career to where he is now, kind of surprising, but the kicker now is Caleb Sturgis, is that right? Yeah, it's Caleb Sturgis. Um, You know, I think that was probably the safe choice all along. You know, there's a reason that they gave him a tier contract, um, guaranteed him a million dollars, and it was kind of his job to lose. And, and Anthony Lynn basically acknowledged that um, at various points in the offseason, that they brought Sturgis in to be the kicker, and they brought Roberto Aguayo in as his competition. And there were times when Roberto looked a little better, especially early in, early in training camp, when I think uh, Sturgis was still kicking through some leg soreness. But there, Aguayo needed to do something dramatic, I think, in order to seize the competition, and that just never really happened. Gotcha. So, and, and as far as the return game goes, a name I saw a little bit that could be a surprise guy in the return game, J.J. Jones. Um, I can't even begin to pronounce his actual first name, so <laughs> props if you can do that. Um, but how how is that shaping up? Is, is Jones going to be a factor, or is they going to go with a, a more 
reliable, established guy back there? I don't think they'll turn to him this early, um, just because he hasn't really been able to contribute as a receiver much at all, and he probably wouldn't have made the 53-man roster had it not been for um, a season-ending injury, ankle injury to Artavis Scott in the preseason finale. Scott was a guy that spent all of last season um, on the practice squad with them. Uh, I think I think he's Clemson's all-time all-time receptions leader, um, and he you know showed some strides and, and probably would have been the, the the fifth or sixth guy on their depth chart. You know he went down that open door for JJ Jones, who only had one catch in the preseason. Um, you know I, I think there's a chance that he does something a little down the line, but for now I think they would probably stick with Travis Benjamin at punt return. And um, it's a bit of a revolving door, a kick return, but pr- probably Desmond King, um, their nickel corner. Well, we've covered all three phases of the game, so everyone listening to this can fully scout the Chargers. But now, you know, it seems like the Chiefs and the Chargers are kind of the two picks to come out of the AFC West. I was reading your predictions on uh, the Orange County Register this morning. Um, and I'll let you take it from there with how you think this game's going to go and what's your your overall record uh, prediction for the Chargers this year. I think the Chargers will, will finally end their losing streak this Sunday. You know, I think they're a better team on paper. And, you know, this is a game where you kind of go in with a blank slate and the b- both sides have had, you know, weeks and weeks to, to kind of scheme for it. And... I think it's going to be, you know, winning this game sets them off on a much better foot than they did a year ago, and I have them at at 10 wins, um, which I think will be enough for them to get into the playoffs, if not um, win the division outright. I can can definitely see that. I, in the interest of of being fair and revealing my own picks, which haven't been published yet, so there is a little wiggle room, um, in case anyone listens to this and then reads it in the paper and says, what in the world? You changed your mind. I do that all the time. You should see me at Target. Um, I have, I think that the Chiefs, this will not make me a popular person around here, but I think the Chiefs end up losing this game. Um, I think that there's just a lot of growing pains that have to be worked out. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, the offense, obviously is going to score a lot of points this year, but this being the first game, there's going to be some some kinks that have to be worked out. And the defense, I mean, when you have to reshape half of your secondary after the preseason, kind of sends a signal that there's some problems there. Obviously, while we're recording this, we don't know yet the the status of Eric Berry. Or earlier this week, Andy Reid said that he was day-to-day. Not what you want to hear after he misses the whole preseason as a precaution. Um, so I think that the Chiefs end up losing this one. But I, I have them winning nine games as I think they're ceiling and eight games may be more realistic. So, but this week is obviously the first week that we'll kind of get things going on that. Um, Jack, thanks so much for, for being on. And, and can you tell people where they can follow your work on Twitter, social media, online, all that jazz? Yeah. Um, on Twitter, I'm at the Jack Wang. That's just T H E J C K W A N G. And, um, our websites are the OC Um, and dailynews.com. Um, there's some other ones, but those are kind of the two biggest papers in our property. Great. Well, thanks so much for being on, and we'll be back with more Chiefs coverage throughout the week on kansascity.com 
And we'll be back with a Facebook Live turned podcast after the game on Sunday. So you can follow along there um, or pick up your papers in the morning and read newsprint uh, like, like everyone should. Woo!